0: This is the greatest hour to follow Jesus. All right, let's pray. Father, we love you and we trust you today. And Lord, I'm asking that today would be a day of great breakthrough for this house, that you'd use me as a tool to break something open. And that you would break something open in my heart too. That I would not leave this church the same. That a hunger in me would be birthed, Lord, for you. I pray you'd crush our dignity today. That you'd shatter our self-awareness. That you'd give us eyes to look at you. That you'd distract us with your glory. Just begin to pray. I feel the Lord. Just begin to pray in the Spirit that you distract us with your glory. Lord Jesus, that the light of heaven would shine and that every shadow of self would fade and that every plan of our own would fade and die. And I pray, Lord, that the sick would be healed as they were last week in Dallas, that amazing miracles would take place. That you'd feed us again And Lord, that you'd shake us out of the monotony. That you'd shake us out of any repetition. That this is church as usual. A day with you is never usual. It's never normal. It's beautiful. So we invite you to come with holy fire today. And awaken us. Put your hand on your heart. That you would awaken us, Lord. Even those of us who've seen amazing things. Lord, that you'd awaken us to see you again, that you're ever increasing, and that you're beautiful. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. This is like the third church this month. I know this might sound wild to you, but I'm preaching at the upper room in Dallas next Sunday. I'm their first speaker of the month, or the year. I'm the first speaker here of the year, guest speaker. I was the first guest speaker last week in Dallas. You're like, bro, we're in January. That's pretty good odds that that would happen. But this has never happened to me before. And uh, I feel that the Lord is doing it for a reason. I am sensing a deeper burden for America. And how many of you know that you are America? God is not so interested, though he can do it, in anointing dirt and soil and bricks and mortar. He can do that. For those of you who've been in a place where beautiful worship and prayer is consistently flowing, man, it seems like God lives in the walls. Say amen if you've ever been somewhere like that. There are places that are saturated with the glory of God, and that's because His glory is welcome. Usually that doesn't happen that way. It can, but it doesn't usually. God is after people. God is after you. Now, if you feel like you're disqualified, that might be reason enough for him to pick you. Can I go there? If your identity is found in anything other than the beauty of his face, you might just slip into exalting yourself. If your dignity is found in miracles, well, then you'll feel like you need to perform sometimes. Just to feel dignified and ultimately find your identity there. I think he said so good. <laughs> would that be a cool wonder? So good. If your identity is in evangelism, well, what happens when the crowds dry up? If your identity isn't witnessing on the street, well, man, maybe you should lead people to Jesus without posting it. No, no, I can say this because I post it and I run with guys who do it and we do it all the time. I'm just trying to go deep here. Your identity cannot be found in that. You say, I'm a home group leader. What happens when the home group stops? Will you go into depression. our identity is found in his face in the beauty of his eyes david said lord keep me as the apple of your eye you know what that means it means that right in the center of everybody's eye we've all done this if you look right at someone's eye you see your reflection and that little spot right in the middle that's the apple of the eye it's that small little piece of the eye Where we find our reflection. That's what David was saying. David was saying, I don't want you to look at me like you look look at everyone else. Sometimes that's hard on us because we want God just to spread everything out and even it out. God has by the blood given every man the invitation, but make no bones about it. God has favorites. (laughs) I just felt the air go, (sniffs) I don't like this Greek guy. God has favorites. His favorites are the ones who have chosen to be with Him. How many of you believe God is a God of favor? Raise your hand. I'm asking you again. How many of you believe God is a God of favor? Okay, that means He has favorites. His favorites are the one on whom he has placed his favor. Now there are some people that get God's ear a little quicker than others. You say, why are you preaching like this? I'm trying to provoke some of you to jealousy. You say, well, we don't want a competitive culture here. Oh, I get that. But if I have to get you to compete on one thing, it would be time with Jesus. I'm willing to do that. There are people... Who God moves for more quickly than others. It's like this. If something really goes bad in your life, you've got a list of about five. And even in that five, you've got one you're probably going to call first. There are some people in our lives that we're not going to call when things get bad. That tells you something. The people who you're going to call are the ones who have God's ear. You say everyone has God's ear. Yeah, that's true, but not everyone puts their head on his chest. You remember at the Last Supper, all the disciples were talking, and then it got down to the nitty-gritty, and this was the question. Who will betray you? Who will break your heart? They were all freaked out, and finally Peter, who was on the three, the list of the three, which would have been James, Peter, and John, he was on the list, but that question, he did not feel the liberty to ask. There was one that did. It was the one whose ear was on the heart of Jesus. Peter goes, dude, I'm not asking that. You ask him. That's how I want to be. That's what I want to be. I want to be someone who can talk to him so organically, so authentically, who can talk to him about stuff that most people would not talk to him about. And that's what David was saying. I don't want to be like the other kings. See, David was trusted with Israel and called a man after God's own heart because God called him God's king see before David was the people's king he was God's king and that's why the fear of man died in the heart of David you say what's it going to cost for awakening everything everything because God is, as I said, He's not going to awaken the pews. He's just looking for a few people here this morning to awaken. To awaken from our slumber. And I'll tell you what puts us to sleep. Old stories, when they become God, they will put us to sleep. It's important to champion what God has done in the past. And pay a great price to honor it. I, I understand that very well, trust me, I can't tell me, I'm just to be real, I can't tell you how many people have said, well, if Benny's part of this conference, we're not sure we can support it. If Heidi's part of that event, we're not sure we can support it. Do you sing in tongues, Michael? Yeah, well, we don't know if you can... come. I get all that. I understand the political devil who tries to speak to all of us. And that's what it is. It's a political demon. And that demon sounds like this, well, if you're friends with him... Don't mention his name because you might lose some connections. But sometimes you don't realize the only reason you have those connections is because of the God who touched the person. You're embarrassed of. Wow, amen. I get it. Trust me, I get it at a very deep level. I'm well aware that possibly our crowds might go from five to 10,000 people at Jesus 18 if I just snip a few friends off the lineup. But what would that make me? It'd make me a slave to the demon that speaks politics rather than the Holy Spirit, who is a better friend than people. Why am I saying this? Because when God touches you, make no bones about it, it will offend people. It will offend people. But you've got to be hungry enough to be offensive, not in your attitude. But you have to allow God to offer the olive branch of offense because every encounter requires a stumbling block. I mean, my God, the cross is a stumbling block. You see, we want Jesus to move, but we just don't like it when he does it. Doesn't make sense. And you know what we use to keep him at bay? His heart on paper, the Bible. And I know those shackles. I know what they feel like. I pastored. I get it. I know. I know. I've had people say, "We love your message. We love the miracles. We love the fire of God. We love His presence. We love the worship of your movement." But we just can't be close to you in public because of your family, or we just can't be close to you in public because you went to live in Reading. I. We love you. We just don't love the people that have touched you. And my question is, well, why? What would they ever do to you? Well, I don't know. I just don't like them. Why not? I don't know. There's got to be some reason. Why don't you like them? I don't like the way they talk. Then they might not like the way you talk. I don't like the way they dress. Bro, you wear your pants up to your belly button. What do you mean? All of this stuff, our mind gets so wrapped up in pleasing man and God can't break through. Why am I talking like this? Because somebody's going to catch it. Somebody's going to dig. Somebody's going to say, I don't want to be known by other people's encounters. I'm coming for Jesus. Come hell or high water, I'm coming. If I have to die trying, I'm coming and I need Him to touch me. Look, this thing is about an encounter. It doesn't start with Jesus and then you move into some depth that is void of Jesus in the name of being mature and balanced. The most mature in the kingdom are the most childlike. You find it in the scriptures. You see it in the life of John. You you see it in the life of Paul the apostle. He writes half the New Testament is beaten, is raised from the dead by his own disciples. That's when you know you're not Disciple people when they can raise you from the dead. (laughs) That's when it comes in handy. Can you imagine him opening his eyes? Oh, I'm glad I poured into you, boys. That one came in handy. Paul was an amazing man. Shipwrecked. Shook a serpent off his hand. And laughed at it. Christianized Asia Minor and much of the Mediterranean in Europe. Some say even North Africa. My God, what a resume. And at the end of his life, after writing All of this amazing, amazing, holy, precious, infallible word. He was left with this one thing. i got to know you. I've got to know you. In the power of your resurrection. And in the fellowship of your suffering. I need the A and Z of Jesus. I need the Jesus that raises the dead. And the one who's still wounded today. And everything in between. I've got to have you. So look, if you feel like you're being plagued by simplicity, man, you're not being plagued. You're being blessed by simplicity. That it's just about Jesus. Man, it is just about Jesus. Do you know why it's just about Jesus? Because it's just about Jesus to the Father. It's just about Jesus. Well, it can't be. I've got to know that, yeah, look, I pour my... If you could just see my Bible. Not a day goes by that I don't chew this thing up. I have notes in it from precious people, from Joy Dawson, from my father-in-law, from Reinhardt, from Kenneth Copeland... From Rodney, from from all these people, they've written, This is precious to me. I love the Word of God, but I don't see it as ink and paper. I don't. That's what my father-in-law taught me when I was a young little kid. Sit down with the Holy Spirit. If you have to put an empty chair there just to make it more real, do it. And I say, Holy Spirit, this is yours. You wrote this. This you but to you it's not a book. This is the expression of your heart on paper. And because this is your heart, I'm coming. I want to chew this up. I don't want to read it. I want to eat it. That's how I am. I know I'm crazy. But that I do this in the morning. Triple shot of espresso. I wash my face. If I'm feeling down when I get up, I think my testosterone might be down a little bit, according to Dr. Colbert. <laughs> when I hit 40, I felt a little down when I woke up in the morning. So I'll jump up and pray in tongues. Thank God there are no cameras on me. I'll literally roll out of bed and start singing in tongues. Yeah, I know. So... Then I, get, I wait on the Lord, and I wait until my heart is calm, and then I open the Scriptures. And I say this, Jesus, where are you walking this morning? Stop me at any verse. Are you walking through the Word like a gardener walking through this holy garden, waiting on me? Are you wanting to show me something? And I might only get three to four verses in. Look, stop coming to your devotional and start coming to Jesus. Don't check off the book. Don't check off the box of your Bible study. Bible studies are important, but there's more. There's so much more. And when he stops me, I know what he's saying. He wants me to drink my my coffee and of his presence. He wants me to drink. He wants me to stop. You know, Madame Guyon said it like this. She said, a bee never bounces from flower to flower to flower, just skimming the surface of the nectar that's available. I feel the Lord today, man. I'm telling you, I feel the Lord. The bee doesn't just skip around looking for just a little bit. What a bee does is it penetrates one flower until it has extracted all of the nectar available. And that's what the Word of God is like. You wait and you begin to pray the Scriptures and then all of a sudden you're doing what Joshua said. That you begin to meditate on the Word of God. And you begin to change. What's my point? That is an encounter. Christianity is an encounter. You think God in His economy would start the thing with an encounter at an altar and then pull us away from His presence as we mature? It's a lie. You say, man, did you come here today to provoke me to get rocked? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I came here to do. I came here so that somebody would actually believe the word when he promised Israel and his children that if we would seek him with all our hearts, we'd find him. And I'm here to tell you, as a, as a witness who would stake his life on him and swear be, before a holy God that if you come, he'll touch you. He touched me. And before he touched me, I had nothing to give. Just somebody else's echo. I'm talking now. I get it. I could have copied something. I could have just done what I saw my father-in-law do. I could have done what I saw Reinhardt do. I could have copied what I heard Bill preach. Though that all did something in me. You know what it did? It caused me to want to go after him. Don't you think God can get past a lot of stuff that trips us up? Man, we're a tougher judge than God. At least when it comes to people we are. These people, who even when I disagreed with them, I could not deny that they had found their burning bush. We all have to find our burning bush. You say, I can't see it now. Man, spend your life trying. You say, that sounds like works. No, it sounds like love. Coming to Jesus is not work, it's love. You say, I'm so disqualified, I, I don't know what to do, I don't know the Bible, he'll teach you. I, I, I'm not as bold as Todd, that's fine, be a little more bold tomorrow than you were today. You say, I feel really stupid when I talk about Jesus. Well, you probably will for a long time, that's part of the beauty of it. You know, God does not really care how cool we look when we talk about him. You say, man, I don't see any miracles. Do you try? No. Well, that might be the problem. I've never raised the dead. You ever gone to a morgue? No. You ever gone to a wake? No. You ever seen a dead body? No. That's part of the problem. I don't understand my Bible. Do you open it? No. See, what the Lord is doing is he's pigeonholing a generation, cornering us with no excuse. Nobody is disqualified. If you're hungry, he will feed you. Oh, I love it. This is why I was created. I love it, man. I love talking about Jesus. He's so real. He's so real. I said He's real. He's super real. Really, 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 really real. Jesus is real. And if He's real, you can have Him. If you couldn't have Him, that means He lied. He said, if you'll come unto me, I would by no means cast you away. If you come, he'll touch you. You say, I don't need a touch. Yeah, that's just proof you do. You need a touch. Because there's more. There's so much more in his heart and in his face. There are so many hospitals littered with cancer patients that are being demonically presented to a generation as these trophies. When Jesus suffered and Jesus died and his stripes paid the bill for every sickness from an allergy to a tumor, it's all been paid for. And we're wondering, man, do I need God to touch me? Yeah, you do. We need him to touch us so bad. You say, I don't want to be touched. I want you to teach me. Man, that's what I'm doing. I'm teaching him. You know what David said? You teach me with your hand. Touch teaches. Say that again. In the kingdom, teaching does not take place on a dry erase board. That can help. But Jesus did not tell Matthew when he walked by the the tax collector's booth, hey, come into my classroom. He said, come and follow me. Come and walk with me. I'm going to sit down and eat with you and you're going to eat with me and I'm going to talk to you and you're going to talk back to me and when I don't like stuff, I'm going to look at you a certain way and I'm going to make you feel a certain way and that's called conviction and you're going to learn what it's like to be around me. That's discipleship. That's what it's all about. So you're like, Michael, just get to your sermon. He is the sermon. He's the sermon. He's the the point. He's the reason. Do you understand if, if this whole book was a mathematical equation, if you could add up every verse and every chapter, once you've gotten through all of our perspectives and dispensationalism and this camp and that camp and the faith camp and the revival camp and the, the river camp and all this stuff, the Toronto and Brownsville and OCC and Rodney, man, put it all together and after you see a big equal sign, you're going to see a name, Jesus this whole thing is about Him. He's the sum of everything. That's what Paul wrote. Don't you see? That in Him all things consist. I mean, if your heart's telling you, I didn't know it was that simple, it's because you just didn't know, but now you're in the light. Because it's only in light that we see light. You've got to be with Him to know Him. Are you hearing me this morning? You've got to be with Him to know Him. It's only when you're with Him do you realize you need Him. It's only when you're with Him do you realize you can have Him. That's why it's important you came here this morning because in His presence you realize I need His presence. I'm giving you today what I'd give my children (laughs) when I was dying, if I could preach this hard when I'm dying, or have this long. It's about Jesus. So you say, I thought it was about church. It's only church if he's there. It's only church if Jesus is there. You say, it's about my study. Knowledge puffs up if you don't meet him. If I go to the scriptures, I love how Bill says it, if I go to the scriptures and don't meet him, it just equips me to debate a little better. And debaters don't change the world lovers change the world I hear it in some of you I'm looking at some of your faces you're like I remember those days God's not doing that anymore oh he's never stopped doing it so all those revivals have just burned up in Orlando who said there's a revival every morning at 5.30 or 6 o'clock in my prayer closet I promise you you can have it too You say, well, God, just not, the fire's not just, no, it's not the fire's fault. It's the priest's fault. The priest institutionalized fire that's supposed to be raging and messy. Well, how about we start pastoring the mess? How about we let God come in and then through revelation figure out how to not, how to not put a border around the fire, but how to increase the fire. Until the whole state and the whole nation is burning and burning with holy fire. Well, then what do we do then? I don't know. But let's get it first. Let's get it. That's how my nature is. God, you come. And if you come, I think you know what you're doing. So just teach me while we're in it. Someone's catching this. Someone will be up tomorrow morning gonna go to bed tonight speaking in tongues. Someone's going to take their iPhone and put it in a drawer instead of looking at Instagram all day long. And they're going to say, man, I, I can have him. I know I can have him. If I can't have him, he lied. And if he lied about that, he lied about salvation. If that's the case, I've got a big issue here. But if I can have him, I don't know. People say, but dude, how long does it take? I don't know. I don't know. Take a year, maybe. Take a day, Maybe. I don't know. I just know this, that when he comes, I have never once said, it wasn't worth the wait. Where have you been? <laughs> the moment he breaks through, the, 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 the price is a joke. It's why I kind of have an issue just talking about the price the whole time. The price, the price. The, I get it. I, I get the motive. But the price is nothing compared to the breakthrough. Nobody says in their prayer closet while they're getting rocked by the Holy Spirit, You took too long. The prize, the price. No, you're going, Oh my God, you came. Man, and it just takes one. I hear the Holy Ghost saying that it just takes one. If we can get two, great. If we get three, then we got a movement. But it, One person can shift a continent. One. One person can change the world. Look at Reinhardt. 85 million people born again because one guy said yes. One guy said yes. You say, those were. Man, and that was without social media. Man, if you can get touched by God with social media, man, you can do something. Just takes one. Jesus. Just pray in the Spirit for a second. I want to just share this with you, then I'm going to close. Jesus. Jesus, I give you praise. Jesus, I give you praise. Maybe you're like, I've seen it. I've seen a lot of stuff. So have I. I have seen some stuff. I celebrate all of it. You can stop praying now. (laughs) Good job. You guys are getting it. I know, we've all seen stuff. but Those weren't the glory days. The glory days are in front of us. They were glory days, but they're greater glory days. Do you know how you honor the glory days? By stepping into them yourself. If a saint appeared to you today, if Smith Wigglesworth appeared to you today, you know what he'd tell you? Follow Jesus like I did. The way you honor those who paid the price is by stepping in to what they paid a price for. Your children honor you when you go on to be with the Lord by living the way you taught them to live. So it is in the kingdom. In fact, Hebrews 11 tells us this. Don't turn there. Hebrews 11 says this. That the reward of those who who subdued kingdoms by faith, who shut the mouths of lions by faith. Who raised the dead by faith. Their reward is this. It is separate. Check this out. Incomplete, I should say, apart from ours. Our breakthrough. They are depending on our breakthrough. That means Mariah Woodworth-Edder and Catherine are going, Guys, get with it. Meet the one we met. Because our reward is incomplete unless you do. I don't want to look at them in the marriage supper of the Lamb and go, Sorry. Sorry, Catherine, I didn't die a thousand deaths. Sorry, you decided to. No. This is an amazing thing. Mark chapter 4, I want to read this to you. And then we're going to close. We'll see what the Lord does. Jesus. I want you to get this. The Lord showed this to me about two months ago. It literally changed my life. We're going to start in verse 1. And again, he, that's Jesus began to teach by the sea. And a great multitude was gathered to him, so that he got into the boat and sat in it on the sea, and the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. And then he taught them many things by parables, and said to them in his teaching, Listen, behold. Anytime Jesus says that, your heart stops and the eyes of the heart open. He wants us to lean in. A sower went out to sow, and it happened as he sowed. That some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. I want you to underline wayside. Some fell on stony ground, where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some... And some seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on the ground, and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased and produced some thirtyfold, sixty, and some a hundred. And he said to them, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. When Jesus opens a parable with behold and ends it with, He who has ears to hear, let him hear, it is pay attention time. Notice this. Behold means see, hear means hear. When you read the Scriptures, it is a full-blown experience with the Holy Spirit. He wants you to see what He's saying and hear what He's saying. Verse 10. But when He was alone, those around Him with the twelve asked Him about the parable. And He said to them, To you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside... All things come in parables. So that seeing they may not perceive. And in hearing they may not understand. Lest they should turn. And their sins be forgiven them. Verse 13. Now he begins to explain. Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all parables? This parable is the key for every parable. It is vital we understand This one here, and I believe it is a 2018 word for Orlando Family Church. Right here. How then will you understand all parables? The sower sows the word. And those these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear Satan comes immediately and takes away the word. Who is the sower? Who's the sower? Say who the sower is the Lord. Say that. The sower is the Lord. Now, Satan comes to steal the word. Verse 16. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution, we don't like that one, arises for the word's sake, underline that, For the Word's sake, if you're being persecuted and you're going through a tribulation, it might just be a testing of the Word. The word spoken to you. Every word given to us through the Scriptures or prophetically must be tested. Verse 18. Now these are the ones sown among the thorns. They are the ones who hear the Word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things Entering in, they choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. But, though, but these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit, some 30, some 60, and some 100. I realize I am breaking church growth technique, chart, model, mechanism, strategy, conference, convention, protocol. By reading all of this scripture, you're only supposed to do two verses max. In church these days, I've yet to bite that one. Verse 21. We're going to go for more. Is a lamp brought to be under a basket or under a bed? Is it not to be set up on a lampstand? For there is nothing hidden which will be, will not be revealed, nor has anything been kept secret that should not come to light. If anyone has ears to hear Let him hear. Now listen up closely now. Take heed what you hear. Underline what? Underline, Lisa. I'm just joking. (laughs) I had to do it. With the same measure you use, underline measure, it will be measured to you, underline measure again, And to you who hear, more will be given. Wow. For whoever has, underline has, to him more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has is taken. God is not a communist. Now typically, we use this stuff for finances. And the principle is true. But the context here is hearing the Lord. Let me give you the Koulianos Greek ghetto version. God talks to you. If you listen and lean in to understand. And give your heart and attention to what He is saying. He will talk more to you. If you are content with the little he has spoken to you, he will not only stop talking to you, but take and cause you to lose, by the devil's schemes, what he spoke to you in the past. Amen. you got to get this right now. You listening to what he is speaking preserves what he has spoken I will. I figured I needed to. It's the best water, by the way. They should sponsor Jesus Image. We have a big event coming. We need help. You valuing what He is speaking protects what He has spoken. Jesus said, take heed what you hear. Everybody here has a choice to determine what you will listen to. You can listen to you, your friends. We can listen to people. But he is saying, listen to me. That's the what. Then he says, by the same measure... You use. Use to do what? To hear. It will be measured and given back to you. This is what that tells me. You can say, Michael, I've already heard everything you're saying. I don't need what you're saying. I just think it's a big mistake that we're even here today, and I think it's a coincidence that you're here. I don't value the moment. This is a normal moment. This is what happens. God says, not only will I not speak to you today, but I will cause what has been spoken over your life to be in jeopardy. And the devil, due to our lack of value for what God is saying now, the devil can steal what God spoke 20 years ago. It's amazing, man. I'm telling you. That's what he's saying here. This is kingdom talk. Let me say it another way. Current prophetic utterance and valuing that, not only, I'm going to say it from the positive, not only protects prophetic words over my life from when I was a kid, it actually brings them into fruition and causes them. To bear more fruit. 30, 60, 100 fold. So let's say you had a burning bush 20 years ago. Let's just say for the sake of the illustration, the burning bush was named Charlie. That's really bad and sacrilegious. Sorry Jesus, I didn't mean to do that. Okay, (laughs) let's just say it was a little burning bush. Let's say your burning bush came in Orlando as mine did in 1989 on a rainy night at OCC. That was my burning bush. Every morning, I have a burning bush. Opportunity. Every morning, your mercies are new every morning. Every morning, God comes to me, that's the reason I wake up. How many of you wake up in the morning you feel like you should pray? Oh Jesus, I'm coming back. How many of you? i mean wave at me if you feel like you should pray in the morning okay do you know why that's the lord saying be with me it's not your fallen nature will never say spend time with jesus ever the holy spirit's the one saying hey let's go i want to be with you that's your burning bush now by me leaning in to what are you saying because remember it's by the measure i'm listening What that does is it protects the burning bush from 1989 and all of the prophetic words that came from that season in my life and ensures that they come to pass with greater breakthrough that is exceedingly and abundantly above all I could ever ask or think. If some of you are here today, you're like, Dude, this guy told me something. He's a false prophet. It didn't happen. Maybe he's not a false prophet. Maybe the voice of Jesus is not as sacred as it was to you 10 years ago. Amen. Maybe that's the issue. So Jesus said, look, by the measure you listen. What does that look like? This is what it looks like internally. As you get there on your chair. Or on your knees. Or like Joe, get on your face on the couch, which had to be, feel really weird. Poor guy probably couldn't even breathe. And when God tells me to stand in front of a fridge, it's usually because he wants me to open it and find something to eat eat in there. Let's just say you're more sanctified than Joe and I. You're there in your chair. And you... Hey, Cheryl, can you help me? And while you're... Yeah, you too, Bruce, please. And while you're there... your heart says this I'm not leaving until you feed me because your presence and your voice is one and if you don't talk to me I have nothing to say today I'll have nothing to tell people I'll have nothing to live on. I'll die inside, as David said. If you're silent unto me, it's as though I'm living in hell. That's what David said. I live in the pit. But your voice is more valuable to me than anything I have to do this morning. All of a sudden, Jesus says, He'll have what He values. And if He stewards what I say right now, I'll speak to Him longer tomorrow and bring to pass everything I said in the past. To get daily teaching from Michael and to follow our event schedule around the world, Please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Image TV YouTube channel as well. By partnering with Jesus Image, you will help us take the saving and healing power of Jesus to the world. Your giving changes lives forever. For more information, please visit us online at JesusImage.tv. Or write us at Jesus Image, P.O. Box 950640, Lake Mary, Florida 32795. Thank you for your prayers and financial support. Jesus is the answer for every life, everywhere.